What's up, everybody? This is Keeks from Here's a Podcast. Here you have you now. Welcome to episode 75. Thank you for tuning in. We've got a packed episode for you today. We start off with Nick's In My Brain on Scary Bugs. We talk wedding advice. We slander love. It's amazing what a, where a couple tangents will bring you guys. We're then talking weird news stories. We're talking recalled toys. Can't build them like Hasbro built them. We're talking pool brawls. Why do pools bring out the worst in us? We're talking Nerd Keeks. Big episode. Thanks for tuning in. Here we go. Red light. Time to get weird. Okay. Enjoy. What's up? It's Nick. It's Keeks. It's Here's a Podcast. Are you happy now? Your favorite podcast about everything and nothing. Welcome to episode 75. Big 75. 75 is actually an impressive episode. I was going to say, it's, we've made it, we say we made it far every episode now, but 75 feels yeah. like a real moment. Yeah, and let's make this clear. Every episode that we put out is a miracle. Oh, Every episode, we live every episode like it's our last. We record every episode like it's our last. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're both just living, we're, we're both an inch away from just smoking weed and playing video games all day. So, it, I mean, literally, this could be our last episode. That's actually something that doesn't get, we don't get enough credit for, is that how easy it would be not to do this. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I had a big video games weekend, and I Ooh. really had a moment of, like, I just want to, why don't I just do that today instead of blogging? And it's, planning a podcast, you know, then editing. Why don't I just play video games all day instead? Because that's fun. It's so much more fun. I'll never be one yeah. of those creative thinkers who is, like, prolific. Who's like, it just comes to me and it comes out and, like, I have to get it out. I have to get the content out. For me, it's like, no. I have to pull myself away from video games or legitimately anything else from doing our job. Yeah. Which is getting the news, the content, you know, our take from up here to, out to in here. Tap, tap, tap on the mic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's funny. It's, it's sometimes, you know, it, I think we both have moments where it's like, we get an idea and it's like, oh, we have to do this. We have to yeah. do this. And certainly it helps to have, you know, practice doing that when you want to do that. But yeah, I'm also not one of those people who, I mean, sometimes I do get ideas. You have moments, you have moments of like the, the river starts flowing and you just got, yeah. we got to get you to yeah. the computer. I don't have and, that and, as much. And I want those moments more because uh, like when I write blogs, it's, it's like I, I sit at a computer for six hours and i'm just like looking and waiting and so the fact that this podcast the fact that you're listening to this episode i am like i i don't again hyperbole overused and i don't want to speak in hyperbole but i am the han the famed hanukkah menorah if it burned for 75 nights that's fair sorry i didn't include you in that we we no so it's okay me, me and lebron me and lebron mj and lebron we are the Hanukkah menorah. <laughs> I appreciate it. I thought it was like a commentary on me not being Jewish, which would, would have been fine. <laughs> I, yeah, right. I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'm not Jewish. It would have been so acceptable. I, you weren't chosen for a reason. So, I mean, yeah. wasn't my call. So, I don't know. I just assumed it was you, not, not us. But I'm glad to be, I'm glad, like the Jewish faith, I'm glad to be involved. Yeah, I'm glad to have you here with me. Yeah. Uh, Nick is recording from Brooklyn. I'm recording from Estes Park, Colorado. I'm in a closet. Um, we might have to do an activity at some point where I just pull out my, this is called the Keegan closet in my house. And it is, it has every item I own. Um, every item I think I own is in this closet. So it's been used as a storm shelter. Now it's being used as a studio. And yeah, I mean, it's just a privilege to be here. It's going to get hot. It's going to get I, hot. If but I, the audio is silky smooth. It is silky smooth. I meant to tell you, if I, if I pass out, you need to call, you need to call my mom. I'll text your mom, but I will not stop the recording. I'll just, I'll just push that's, through. That's just a monologue. I'm monologue my way through the end of the episode. That's true. It, when my mom first met Nick, when we first uh, moved in together in college, the first thing she said was, if Keegan passes out, you need to call me. That's true. Year 2013 or 2012? 2012. 
2012, yeah. That's wacky times. That was eight years ago. Speaking of numbers, uh, episode 75, I'm going to dedicate this one to Kyle Long. Favorite bear to wear 75. Big shout out. Played for the bear seven years. Played through so many injuries. Just, uh, you know, quintessential bear. He's a good guy, too. Good guy. Good guy. Yeah. Fun guy. You know? Just an easy guy to root for. He was like a funny combination of uh, sometimes with those offensive linemen who really, like, uh, you count on them to to lay down the law, like, on the field, but also in the locker room. I mean, I think sometimes it's easy to like those guys, but sometimes you're like, man, I wouldn't want to hang out with that guy, though. Yeah. I would love, I would, I mean, I would love to hang out. I'm inches away from hanging out with Kyle Long. I'm so close. You actually probably are. When you become friends with Kyle Long, he can replace me on the show. Be careful what you wish for. I know. Well, I'm just, that's, that's my gift to you. <laughs> I appreciate that. He's See, the that's, only that's, one I'll leave quietly for. That's that's reverse psychology, though, because that's such a good friend move of you to do, you know? Now I have to test Kyle Long. Kyle, what would you what would you say to that proposition if Nick offered for you to replace him on the show? How would you counter that friend move? Yeah, this is a bidding war it over is me. Between me and Kyle Long <laughs> for your friendship. And I've uh, got a lot of tricks up my sleeve. I'm ready to play. Yeah, that's Kyle. true. That's, Nick, Nick is very, very, he's a rogue. He's roguish famously impulsive when it comes to bidding on things my favorite thing about this podcast is that we've done it for 75 episodes and every time you and i have had a have had like a a mid pod not mid pod but if we break this up into our into our seasons into our quarters we talk about what we want to improve on in the pod and every time we've met we've talked about cutting down the intro and we refuse to do it no nope. 75 episodes in every part of this pod has changed except for the fact that we can't we just go off script and ramble <laughs> we can't lock down an intro for five minutes just can't do it just the plan you the can cut all this out but there <laughs> there is an outline a, maybe we need a warm-up i think i think part of it is a warm-up. i think we need you know honestly i think we just need like someone who maybe isn't even a part of the pod but we just have them facetiming with us while we're going yeah I mean, for I did have an idea for a while when we were living together of having a third person who never spoke, but would just slap me when I went on a when I talked for too long. If the intro went for longer than two minutes, just slap. Yeah, an ombudsman, like a, like an objective viewer, who's like, oh, "This is boring. Keep moving." Yeah, like Sam, you know, like our friend Sam. I think you know which Sam. We have, we know many Sams, but I think you know which one I'm talking about. He would love the perfect. job too. He would love the job. He'd excel at, and that's what we're looking for. So if you want to uh, sit in and slap us, you just have to move to where we live yep and self-quarantine first <laughs> 14 days then you get the job where you don't get to speak you just slap yes and you don't get paid welcome to episode 75 nick what's in your brain so in my brain this week i'm Hold just on, that's how easy it is it's, that's how easy like that, hypothetically that would be that would be the easiest thing in the he world. could have done it two minutes in we <laughs> so would have been quickly. welcome to his podcast episode 75 nick what's in your brain <laughs> boom intro done Yep, would have been easy, but no, we won't allow it. We'll try. We can try for seventy-six through hundred in season four and a half yeah. to five, whatever season it is. But I just I don't have a lot of. I think we have to change a lot about us before we can get to that big change. Yeah, but I'm not saying it's going to be easy either. In my yeah, brain this have week, to start some meds. I'm back from vacation. I was on the west coast, in Oregon. Um, couple of big things happened. I went camping for the first time. That was a lot of fun. I see why people like camping. I would camp again. But that's not what I want to talk about. What's in my brain is I went full Coyote Peterson. And living in the West means you go Coyote Peterson in that I had more interactions with scary things, scary animals, and scary bugs or bug-like creatures than I ever have before. And I had two experiences that I wanted to talk about quickly because I've been thinking about them and then thinking about which scares me more and I wanted to get Keegan from you. 
which you think would scare you more because I think mm. for me one the one that scared me more is not what I would have thought okay, okay. we're in a cabin on the ri- the Mackenzie River in, in or- outside Eugene Oregon beautiful rushing water nice cabin I go to brush my teeth in the bathroom and I'm looking around the bathroom I've never been in this bathroom before and I look into the shower and what do I see on the floor just sitting there I'm gonna see if I can share my screen screen quickly I can is a uh, scorpion which I had never seen before was and it what okay so you're looking at the screen I know our viewers can't see it on the we've got a few v- images of scorpions but the two biggest one Nick on the left we have a scorpion with a, a, a it's kind of a, a fat scorpion yeah like I'm a talking- couch dwelling scorpion and on the right we've got a much more kind of athletic kind of maybe lower awareness but higher speed rating scorpion which which one was closer to the one you saw on the bathroom floor we're talking very much a wide receiver scorpion not a kyle long scorpion actually okay. the one that looks the most like it is this picture of the that scorpions. better not have been a fat joke about kyle long it was not right he's just a, he's a okay. big guy he's a lineman okay that's true it looked six, a lot six, more like these guys it, well actually no it didn't because these guys are a little too fat but it looked like this guy the one i've okay. got pulled up here okay not a, yep, i should yep. i should have got my pictures together better no, no, but no, it's okay. I actually didn't lose my shit. I was like, it's kind of scary. It's a scorpion. But I assume this must happen a lot because, like, it's in the bathroom. That seems kind of like a normal place for a bug. So I went out to the people who live in Oregon, and I said, there's a scorpion in the bathroom. Everyone freaked out. They're like, that's not a thing. There's no scorpions here. So that was freaky. And, you know, my girlfriend's dad, uh, very much alpha male, came out in his underwear and got rid of it, um, which was awesome. And then we went back to Eugene, went to their house, and cooking in the kitchen, I, I, I walk in there, and, and my girlfriend's dad says, look at the spider. And I assumed, ah, oh, it's probably a big spider. Uh, it was a big spider. It's a hobo spider. They thought it was a brown recluse spider, which is very, very poisonous. Apparently. Brown recluse, they'll fuck you up. Yeah. They will, brown recluses, they, they bite you and your skin disintegrates. 100%. We met a guy who had, like, a chunk out of his leg because he had been bitten by one. Crazy. Yeah, it doesn't grow back. That's a crazy yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super fucked up. So, obviously, everyone's freaked out with that. It's actually a hobo spider, which is not as toxic. I think it still hurts okay. when they bite you because it's that big. Um, yeah. And I guess I just wanted to get the take. Like, I've seen a lot of spiders. I've seen a lot of big spiders on the East Coast. My assumption would be that I'd be way more afraid of the scorpion. Bigger spider, bigger or smaller by the, from the palm of your hand? It's, so they were sort of equally sized. It was smaller than okay. the palm of your hand, but it was, it was a close, you know. It wasn't yeah, the full it, thing. It wasn't tarantula sized, but it was okay. like, it, w- it was bigger than a half dollar. Certainly. Which is scary spider size. Scary that's, spider. That's a cutoff. I'd say it yeah. was like you know a good this big or so, maybe mm-hmm. bigger. Mm-hmm. And you could yeah. see the hair, and you could see the the pincers, and uh, not yeah, yeah. someone who's afraid of bugs or critters. Usually, I was freaked mm-hmm. out so much so that I was like, I'll take the scorpion over this thing. And that was my that's, in my brain. I was thinking like, man, yeah. maybe I'm more afraid of spiders than I thought. Maybe maybe the unknown, aka scorpion, is not as bad as a really big hairy spider. Have you seen, I, I'm going to get back to what you're talking about, but have you seen the movie Arachnophobia with mm-hmm. Jeff Daniels? Yep, I have. Did, and did it scare you? It scared me, but I guess I just, I, I don't know. Those things, I'm good at like disassociating those things from real life. Okay. Yeah, so that's, see, that's what I'm realizing is like I, I've realized a lot in probably the past two years that I have a really tough time disassociating fiction from nonfiction. So what I mean that is, is like I get very, and not to say you don't do these things, but I, I, 
have a penchant for being overly caught up in movies and and um, media I consume. So, like, for example, a video game. Like, some people can play really scary video games, video games that are meant to scare you and be totally fine with it. I, I can't. Yeah. Like, I, I become paralyzingly afraid because I'm – I while those people may be able to look at it and say, well, that's not real. Like, I know I'm sitting on my couch – and I'm playing this game that's taking place in a TV. It's not real. For me, that's not... I'm, I'm like, I'm feeling those emotions. I'm scared of what's going on. So, I... Whereas you watched Arachnophobia and you were scared and you were fine. I watched Arachnophobia and got Arachnophobia. Like, I think I was fine <laughs> with Spiders before I saw that movie. And then it gave it... It's a fuck. It's a scary fucking movie. It's a legitimately scary movie. And I... Yeah. It was... Is... I don't... Again, I was... 9, 10, so can I comment on the marketing of the movie? Probably not, but I feel like it wasn't marketed as a scary movie. I don't, I just, I don't remember, to be honest. I think you're right, though. It sort of seems like, like, I put it in the same camp as, what was that? Anaconda. Mm. Which I think was marketed more as, like, a thriller. Also not a good, very good movie, but Arachnophobia yeah. is a no. good movie. I mean, but see, I, and this makes me look like an idiot because no. I like if if I'd known that it was like Anaconda, I would have gone with a different mindset. I think I saw Jeff Daniels and was like, "Oh, it's going to be funny." That would be that would be f- much more freaky to go in being like, "This is going to be a fun movie, like a goofy." <laughs> right, like, it's John Goodman and Jeff I, Daniels, <laughs> right? Like, oh, it's a guy from Dumb and Dumber. Like, <laughs> it's going to be a funny movie about spiders. Um, and instead, it was like you know a serious role. Anyway, um, incredible I, movie this poster. Is, this is an this is an interesting question because so when I moved to Texas, I th- there are just places that I know I will not live because of the animals that are there. Unfortunately, Australia is one of these lists. Um, like there's just no shot. I would love to live in Australia. There's no shot. Like it just I can't live with that many predators. Yeah. Uh, likely Florida's ruled out. Knew that already. Um, Texas. I, I moved to Texas and I knew, like, I told everyone I worked with, I worked in a high school, and there were very often rattlesnakes found in the high school around the high school. And I said, I will work here until I see a rattlesnake, until I find one, and then I'm going to believe. Like, I'll move. Um, and I kind of felt that way with scorpions. But I do think there is something, like, it sounds kind of funny or kind of ridiculous. Like, scorpions, I know where they're going to sting me from. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like a bee almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally it's like agree. a bee. And it's scary. Like, I don't want to find a scorpion in my boot. Let me just make that. Dude, you're setting me up for the blog curse real bad here. Um, I do not want to find a scorpion. I've got one more week in Colorado. If I could just avoid finding a scorpion, I would be deeply appreciative. Ideal. But but spy, big spiders are scary. Like, big spiders are scary. You know? And, and, and I think part of it is, like, not being able to see where they bite you from, you know? Too many... And maybe and it's because we know so much about them, where it's like you know their eyes are fucking crazy, and that like they can mm-hmm. move in that nuts way. Like the scorpion, I was like, oh, I've never really seen this. Like it looks a little, it just looks like a bug. Like it looks like a scary bug to me now. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. look scarier than that. We're seeing a really big hairy spider where you can see its teeth, and you know it can move fast in like any fucking direction, or jump, or, or jump. Yeah. yeah, and like I'm just I'm with you. It's just something about it is so much more frightening. Yeah, it's scary. I'm with you. I think I think probably spiders would scare me more than that. This this bums me out because I am slowly checking out places where I could live and like Pacific Northwest is. Um, I'm about to move to Chicago. It's kind of the big I guess big pod news, and I've wanted to live there forever. 
kind of dream come true in some ways and i hope it works out but if it doesn't i'm like well hey there's still one area i could try that i think i'd like which is pacific northwest and it's officially ruled out i think i have to officially rule pacific northwest out and i was excited because you know i i like the rain i like that overcast vibe you know i was in scotland and um maybe i gotta move to scotland now that might be the only other place they've got one snake there i think it bites but that's it yeah not poisonous you get all of the climate of the Pacific Northwest, but you're sort of removed yeah. from the mountain lion, the scorpion, the rattlesnake. Yeah. The, the brown recluse. Right. Vegetables. You, you don't have to deal with any of them. Yeah, it's just, amazing. just fried fish and beer. Ugh, love it. And whiskey. Yeah, I mean, that could be worse. Ugh, it could be worse. And this kind of, sorry, off topic, this gets me no, into my brain, on. quick tangent, is um, if this is, it's going to be twofold. One... Uh, if you got engaged uh, over quarantine, you fuck you. Just an official statement. Fuck you. I hate to say it. I root for happiness, but fuck you. It just there's there's such a line right now. Like the divide between couples and singles are it's 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 like the wage gap. It's getting bigger and bigger, and that's wrong. All right, <laughs> too many billionaires. We don't need more billionaires. We don't need more nailed down couples. I think every couple in quarantine right now should be required to come out of quarantine and and not be engaged for like three months like you need to experience i'm and it, honestly this is this might be a good <laughs> this is so bad no uh, i love you like engaged with my cousin so this is like i'm so sorry but you should have to be able to interact in the world with other people before you decide you want to spend your entire life with someone so the big part of this is that i have a shot to steal your girl but also so that you know that you do actually want to be with this person. Like, I think that's a great, I actually agree. And I'm, you know, I'm obviously on the other side of the Civil War from you at the moment. Yeah, I know. Two brothers. Opposite Two sides of the fence. Opposite sides of the fence. I'll see you but at Antietam. I do agree that, like, I do think a lot of people say, like, well, if you guys can stay together during this, like, that's so important. And I agree. Like, these are trying times and, like, you're together all the time and that can be tough. But I also think, like, I agree with you saying, like, so much has been pulled out of the equation. So much conflict has been pulled out. The conflict now is like, can you, can you drive together? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's no, there's no other conflict, really. There's no scheduling conflicts. There's, no, there's nothing else to fight right. about, really, other than like fundamental shit. So if you're good there, you're good. I also think, and this is going to probably be a bad take that is not going to make me any friends, like, it feels a little bit like... Uh, like from the stuff from people I'm seeing it on Instagram, I don't know their relationships at all, so I'll caveat that way. But like, make you, assumptions. Were you just bored? Like, was this just like a way to kind of like, to kind of like bubble your way? You know, mm-hmm. like, oh man, like things were getting pretty boring. So like, I guess I'll propose, and like that'll probably like buoy us until this hopefully dies down a little bit more. Like maybe we'll be engaged until the bars reopen, and then that'll be fun. And like, yeah, exactly. Are you, right. are you content, or are you just chasing little blips of happiness, kind of thing? Right. And it's like, man, is this just I, like a, man, we didn't have anything to post or like talk about for a while. It's so like, I guess I'll like put some balloons out in the backyard. Really, this is about me, right? It's my podcast. I'm making it about me. You should, you should have asked me before you got engaged. We haven't talked since college, but I would have appreciated a little shout. That's all I'm going to say. 
Is that too much to ask? This is a good moment for us to say, if you listen to the pod, you've, you've gotten engaged in the past two weeks. Congratulations. Congratulations. It's fantastic. I'm sure you and your partner will be so happy. Yeah. But also go fuck yourself. Now, I, I am joking. I am joking around a little bit, you know? Look, I want to walk mine back a little bit to say that, like, I don't think people are getting engaged. You have to move engaged. on, Nick. I'm sorry. We're running right. a long time. You can't cool. walk it back. Cool. I won't walk it back. <laughs> fuck y'all. Just... <laughs> Oh, yeah, sorry, dude, we're getting the red light. <laughs> you got to go with what you said. Yeah. <laughs> Keegs, what'd you write about this week? A lot of good stories this week. Some some really fun stories to write about. Check out the blog, heresablog.com. Touch on everything. We've got some recalled toys. We've got Kraft Mac and Cheese trying to take over breakfast. We'll touch on that next week. We've got pool fights. We've got Greek people tossing the new motorized scooters that everyone hates into the ocean. We just I touched on everything. So check out the blog if you want to uh, do a deeper dive on this stuff. We'll start with, we've got this toy recall. Hasbro just recalled these trolls. Um, you're probably some familiar with the troll dolls. They're incredible. Great heads of hair. And they were around when we were kids. Uh, they were called trolls then, right? They've got a whole they new were franchise called, now. They were called trolls then. They're okay. they're one of the, you know, the, the toys that then became movie franchises. OG. A la yep. Lego yep. movie, etc. Man, I love that trend. It doesn't make any sense. Makes um, no sense, but money. Angry Birds yeah. movie, Angry Birds movie <laughs> right. too. Like, we right. just gotta... Who needs, gotta who needs original IPs anymore? We've exactly. just got inanimate objects that we could write uh, narratives around. Anyway, Trolls recalled this toy. So this the, the premise of this doll is that basically it's a pretty big doll. And it's about about a foot. I'm holding my, my hands. It's, it's it's a doll size. I only bring this up because the trolls of my childhood were much smaller. They're, Tiny, they're, much they're smaller. little plastic guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So these are these are actual dolls. These are American girls if they were trolls. And they've, they've the the trick with these is they've got <laughs> don't laugh at me. They've got these. Sorry, this these is little, <laughs> They've got these little these little buttons on their stomachs, and you can press the button on the stomach. And lost my headphones. The the trolls start to they like sing a song or so, I, I I don't own one. Um, because they were recalled for good reason. Um, they sing a song. Uh, someone bought... This is advertised on the box, by the way. This is this is on the box. You press a button, sing, hear a song. Uh, something that wasn't advertised on the box is that there was a button... I have to kind of touch on this carefully. Yeah. Or we'll, just dive, we'll just dive straight into it. There's a there's a button on where the privates of this doll. Unclear In the crotch region. If trolls have region or, the, or the ass region, right, like... You know, I don't think I don't think these dolls like much like Barbie. I don't think they're in like accurate in terms of anatomy. Um, but there is a button underneath the crotch area of the troll, which if you click it, if you press it, it like gasps or giggles, and <laughs> you just um, it was apparently it was put in so that if you sat the troll down, it would make that sound. And I'm not sure if that was for, like, potty training purposes or, like, if that was, if someone thought that was a good idea somewhere along the line. But I think, I mean, universally, we're, look, remember, we have to make progress through common ground, right? Like, that's how we're going to move forward. And I think we can all agree on the fact you can't, you can't have that. <laughs> you just can't, you can't have that. You can't have buttons under skirts, you know, or, or pants or shorts or crotches that set the example you know of 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 you know boundaries or lack thereof in terms of you know we shouldn't be sexualizing our children's toys likely you know like i think maybe yeah we shouldn't be i'll actually can say that without likely we shouldn't be sexualizing our (laughs) mass market Um, child you know some would say (laughs) especially something that deserves no gender or needs one a troll doll yeah your troll doll should be whatever you don't need to touch it and it's 
Right. Well, and so I think, right, this brings up the obvious, quite, the first question that comes to mind. How many people okayed this? Like, how many eyes did this doll go in front of? And it was just signed off on. Because exactly, that's the question. Yeah. Like, and, and so here's the thing. Here's my big my big thought. I started writing about this, and then the idea hit me. My, this realization, if you will, this, this enlightenment. I don't think this was intentional, obviously, because you're done. You're done. You'll never make a troll doll. You'll never make a toy again. Your, your troll doll days, days are over. Your dream of being the troll puppeteer out the window. You're washed up. You're done. We don't want you. Okay? You're on the blacklist. You're on the blacklist for troll dolls. This is, I think what happened is that, like, you just had a bunch of squares. You just had a bunch of dudes who, and, and ladies, dudettes, or we'll just call them all dudes, that, that used this doll exactly the way it was supposed to be. They pressed the button on the tummy, they sat it down in the chair, and they just, they, they used the doll exactly as they were supposed to because they're, they're fucking buttoned up, boring ass, white bread squares who drive fucking Subarus back to their suburban house to watch, you know, leave Subaru on the beach. You're right. Subaru is not a white bread car. Come on. You're right. You're right. Acura. Can we talk Acura? Acura, 100%. Range Rover. Range yep. Rover. Yes. They love drove that. their Range Rover back to their suburban house. Okay. They picked up their kids from their soccer league and they drove them back and they threw the pigskin around. And they, you know, made a couple turkey breasts on the fucking grill. Boring ass dumb shits who just you don't know how to think outside the box and this is why every team needs a fucking weirdo you need a wild card you need you need the guy or the gal who is gonna look at that doll and like use it just use it in the way it's not supposed to do and i mean that in the worst ways i really do it's a necessary evil because that's how you prevent this you need your villain you need your villain to save the world and so you need someone to to push the buttons in a weird way and to objectify the doll in a weird way, to make sure that see how flammable the hair is, put its hand in the outlets, you do all the, put it in the microwave, like all the shit, eat it, like eat the eat the fingers. You need someone to do that because it's this is what happens when you don't have that person. You, you need know? the anti things fall, <laughs> things fall through the cracks. I I agree. I think I, I this is why I wanted I wanted you to talk about this this blog is because I I agreed wholeheartedly is that you need the person who. You know, you need Hannibal. You need your Hannibal Lecter to catch Buffalo Bill. Spoiler alert, they catch Buffalo Bill. But It's fucked up that you did that. Sorry. Most people have seen it by now. <laughs> but it's exactly what you need. You need the person who's like, it's kind of creepy. And they're like, or yeah. for all we know, the guy who, who put the button there is that guy. You know? But Yeah, but yeah oh, maybe he was testing them. Maybe he was testing them. That's oh what God. I was I thinking. Mean, I was like, that's a real conspiracy theory. <laughs> it's, either, it's either like exactly what the Russians hate about capitalism you know which is like man it's just all this everything is by by committee and you know it's all so much red tape and bureaucracy that people just keep okaying it until all of a sudden you've got a troll doll that can giggle when you you know upskirt it but it could also be the work of a madman who just through sheer cult of personality was like don't worry it's just for sitting down (laughs) (laughs) this is true this could be nick is nick has brought forth a really interesting theory which is that this is a disgruntled employee okay he was let go because he was too weird and he thought you know what you need me because you're squares you're range rover driving chicken breast eating asparagus slurping kale shake making yep starbucks ranting karen's karen's (laughs) karen's and kyle's they're not going to notice it they play by the rules 
and this is an, this just goes, this is a, uh, and again, I'm not going to, I'm going to, I can't touch on it, but there are other blogs along this theme, and we've touched on this before, of just, there, you can't have too much affirmation. And that's in content, and that's in product management, and that's in everything. If you just, we, we know the importance of yes men, but if you just have yes men, you end up with that with a troll doll that giggles when you touch the booty. Like, and you can't have that. You can't have that. So, yeah, check out the blog. I'd love for you and I, whether it's pot or not, to go deep on Trolls World Tour. Because I hear there's, like, I'm, a whole yeah. subplot about, like, what rock music really is. That, that's all I need to say there. Yeah, cool, perfect. Trolls World Tour. Trolls World Tour. We'll do a deep dive. Next story. Um, ne- next story of the week. Um, big one. This one was all over the news. I'm sure you guys have seen it. We had a gigantic brawl at a hotel near Disneyland in California. I think, right? Yeah. California? California, Florida. So. Kind of similar right now. And I just... I, I gravitated to this story in the first place because I one of if you followed the blog or the podcast uh, for you know any any time longer than probably the last you know since our hiatus, you'll know that we we love to cover cruise ships. We love to cover cruise storylines because I mean we've got lots of theories on them, but it's just chaos. You know, I, I'm a, I'm firmly firmly convinced that cruise ships are just the embodiment of the medieval ages in in every fucking way in every story i see and there's one that came out this week as well that i won't touch it but it just every time i'm like well that's just the medieval ages that's just you know like there was just story i will touch on it this guy who was injured on a cruise ship and he's just been in a hotel room for seven months they just forgot about him he's just been in a cell that's just that's just like medieval age punishment you just leave people in a cell and forget it he just counts the planes that land it's no different than being kept in a in the tower of london you just watch the ships come by it's insane. So I, I have a, a deep, deep, tender spot for cruise ships and all of their just absolute misery in my heart. And we haven't had those. We haven't had those stories in a while. And this just reminded me so much of the Italian family that just was wreaking havoc on the cruise ship by beating the shit out of everyone. Uh, and it just brought a happy tear to my eye. It brought a happy tear to my eye. And... Uh, so I had, to, I had to dive into it. And I did a little bit of research, and uh, it basically all started... I mean, this is a big brawl. 100 people. It sounds like, you know, 40 in the parking lot, 60 inside the hotel. And it all started because at the pool, you know, a kid, an 11-year-old kid, shoved his cousin into the pool. And the kid who got shoved into the pool, which honestly is an awful crime. No one should, no one should have to do that. No one should have to suffer through that. So the, honestly, the 11-year-old kid throw that kid in prison. Um, the kids, the kids who, the kids who were then, you know, landed on the, the kid who was thrown in the pool, landed on some other kids and the family members of those kids were really upset. And that basically it sounds like they started hurling some threats. And then the family members of the 11 year old and the cousin who got thrown in started hurling threats back. And it sounds like they went and met at a basketball court and bottles were thrown and then like brooms and like there were weapons, like makeshift, like brooms and bottles. And like, it was just a medieval, it was a melee. rumble. It was a rumble, baby. It was a rumble. And, again, this is one of those things where I was just writing it and the dots started coming together. And it just is um, the least shocking thing about this story is that it started a swimming pool. You know? Like, there's just something about swimming pools that uh, it brings out the worst in us. Brings out the worst in humanity. And it's funny because we, I think we associate it positively with positive things and fun and relaxation so often, but it really does turn us into monsters. And I'm, I'm saying that as someone who doesn't like public pools, I didn't like going swimming near lifeguards because I thought they were going to cram my style. 
I didn't. I don't like sharing mm. pools or, or public spaces with people. I want my crew to be there. I don't want to have to deal. You're. I don't want the vibes mixing up. You know. Yeah. Maybe I'm self-conscious with my shirt off. I don't know. You look good. Okay. But it's uh, there's just it just is uh, I really started thinking about that where I was like, fuck, it's it's, it and it, it comes down to like, a a differing. There's a there's a gap between people's like accepted tolerance of rashness and roughhousing because what is the first thing that you want to do when you get to a pool with your buddies or your just, friends just jive in and start fighting yeah or and just throw, shove someone in throw a ball you just want shove to, someone in that's why yeah, i see love a pool. you're like i'm gonna push them i'm gonna push x in the pool i'm gonna push noah in the pool which it sucks when you get pushed in the pool it's the it's not fun no one it no one has ever night. no one has ever like really laughed at that like oh, you got me you're always a little pissed yeah it's a real it's a real chore. Like, how often are you in clothes that are just drenched all the way through? Yeah, it's not fun. You don't. You don't like. Incredibly doing... rarely. Yeah. Yeah, you're wet. You're not like your clothes. Your body is wet. You, you took a bath with your clothes on. It's not fun. Maybe you got your phone out in time if you're lucky, or your insulin pump. It's or you, terrible. Or I, I did it once where someone did it to me and I threw my phone. This is pre-iPhone, because I was like, oh, I gotta get it out of my pocket and just broke it because I threw it onto the freaking pool deck. Yeah, you know, if you can't have it, the water can't have it either, dude. No. Um, what <laughs> I love... Uh, sorry, go for it. No, it's, it's just... I was just going to say that it, 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 you're so right on in that. It's not very funny. And yet, it's like... We have it... It's in our DNA at this point. Yeah. Like, I wonder how far back this goes. Because I think it must be pre-swimming pool. Oh, God. Like, you think Cain and Abel? You think that whole thing went down because, you know, Cain went up to Abel and shoved him in the swimming hole? And Abel Could was like, be. fuck you, I'm going cl- to... Pro- I think I'm mixing him up. He's like, I'm going to fucking club you. <laughs> I, don't like, I, I, I don't know the biblical story. Yeah, either. but it's it's like we... I think we... At this point, it's evolutionary. Like, we... Yeah. It, it refuses to be phased out because we just... It, the jokes happened a billion times. It's not funny. It's not funny to shove someone in the pool. It's just mean. It's but just mean. My question... I love that you said it because I never really thought about, like, why is the pool such a violent place? And... Because yeah. you would think... Like, or here's my my thoughts. One, is it like, do we just feel more powerful in the water? Because you're like, oh, I can jump high. I can, like, you know, float, kind of. So I want to fight. And, like, mm-hmm. things don't hurt as much when I fall, so I got to fight. Or is it like... By the way, we, we are we are contributing to the next episode of This American Life. It'll be pools. This... America's Dungeon. I love that title. Couldn't think of a better one. First, first idea, best idea. Or is it like The Great Release, which is like, I was so hot. And I got to the pool, and now I'm not hot anymore, so like, I just want to go nuts. Because the thing that I, I, I wanted to ask you about, and want something that I think you probably have a distinct advantage at, because of your height and skill and size, is a Thank pool you. basketball. Oh, which I takes all the skill fights. out of basketball, and it's just yeah. basketball fighting. Yeah, yeah, or water polo. Yeah, like water polo has... water basketball. You, yeah, you have to takes, be yeah, good at to drown it. someone. Yeah, yeah, you do. You have to be good at. You have to be able to swim. You have to be um, good at swimming for water. You know football. what? Uh, funny you bring this up. I've never played. Maybe it's because I got bullied, but I've never played water basketball. Oh my god, dude! We have to get you to a water basketball court stat, because <laughs> that is the only thing in the world that rationalizes the violence. Where you're just like, oh yeah, no one can dribble, so we just beat the Tackle. shit out of each other. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I think there's 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 something to be said for like. Easy argument, right? Is well, there's alcohol involved, but there's not alcohol involved in your kid. You're not showing no. hammered a swimming pool as an eight year old, and you're still fucking violent. Yeah, like I think there is a, a thing of like you can tackle someone and they're not going to get hurt. 
I think there's also probably like some, I mean, I really do think I, people are going to get fucking mad at me for saying this, but like, I do think there is some, um, or at least there's a possibility of some like deep, deep, deep carnal, like lustiness that's associated with the pool. So like so it's like sexy and also like maybe homoerotic that we're always like tackling each other and like right it's, it's either homoerotic like you're just you're, you're like wrestling yeah. or like you know because I think like we, as humans we'd like to like for the most part we like to wrestle we like to roughhouse you know yeah. and then you throw in like the occasional whoever kiss. you're attracted to in a bathing suit you know like there's it's it's there's just no rules and it's I think it's maybe it's associated with the fact of like you go to the pool with your friends and. I don't know how much of this is tied to like my childhood specifically, or like the uh, the childhood of a '90s kid, but I, I I feel like it's uh it's just always chaos. Like I cannot think of a pool that wasn't chaos yeah. that I've ever been in, which I is part agree. of the reason why I didn't like them. That I don't like public pools that much or water parks. It's just the chaos. It was too much. It was yeah. too much. You know. Well, it really got me thinking this blog, and I loved it. So well done. That's Maybe my recommendation. Also. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Here's a blog.com, guys. Nick recommends it. It's great. Um, the, I wonder if there's also something of, like, it's international waters. Like, there's specific rules for the pool. You know? You yeah. can run other places, but you can't run in the pool. There were just it, so many rules you could always ignore. Like, you were, you were, you could not go to a pool and follow all the rules. I was going to say the same it, thing. Like, you knew a lifeguard ever. wasn't jumping in. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> like, no, I mean, like, if someone's yelling at yeah. you, like, off the lane line or like stop yeah fighting i was like you're not you're a fucking stone 16 year old i know you're not make jumping me. in this pool to make me yeah you can kick me yeah. out of the middle whole school, pool middle school nick was like uh make me well you know me i was like <laughs> make me like, keyword i was like the tag along of the kids who were saying <laughs> make me make me and then you know they'd get thrown out and i'd pretend to get thrown out with them <laughs> but yeah you'd be like oh man guys we all got in trouble there <laughs> we huh? all got in trouble and they're like nick you didn't do anything <laughs> They explicitly the said you could thing. stay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, we all got the right thing, but it's like you're running in the pool. You're gonna roughhouse. You're gonna be in the hot tub for longer than two hours. Like, you know, that was the thing is I when I got diagnosed with diabetes in first grade, and so I was in my early stages of learning how to be diabetic. Well, I mean, I'm still in my early stages of learning how to be diabetic, but I was in my earliest stages of learning how to be diabetic, and. Uh, part of that is you can't be in hot uh, hot tubs lower lower your blood sugar for some reason and they make it harder yeah. to tell. I think it just makes it harder to tell because like if you sit here's an inch, well actually I don't know I've never been in a hot tub and not diabetic so maybe we can compare but I think what it is is if you sit in a hot tub for like two hours and your legs get real weak that's kind of what it feels like to have low blood sugar. It does feel really all, weird. I'm putting this all together right now which just shows you how early I am in this whole you know metamorphosis of taking care of my chronic illness. But for a while, I would just sit in the pool and be, like, hypoglycemic, like, kind of drooling out of my mouth before my parents were like, you can't, your blood, like, you, you're going to die. You have to get, get out, out of the pool. pool. You know? But, like, we, I just remember vividly with my, my, my ex-stepfather, we used to go to the pool with super soakers. And it was just like, we just break the rules, have super soaker fight in the pool. Yeah. Best thing in the world. You know? Really and I think fun. that's why no one else in the pool was awesome, because you were just like, I've got this fucking playground to myself. Yeah. Anyway, that was, you know, that's big brawl. Nice. Pools. They bring out the worst in us. NPR, get in touch with us. Absolutely. We copyright that idea. So you don't take that unless you talk to us first and get us jobs. Yeah. And Pay us lots of money. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah, sorry. I, just need <laughs> I, was, to trying to my, I was trying to think of my, I got to get my demands ready before I, you know, start making them. <laughs> I guess know? just, 
I guess just I guess contact you... me. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> um, um, nerd last up, Nerd Keeks. Yeah, we got a Nerd Keeks this week. This one has been brewing for a couple weeks. Um, it's so funny. Nerd Keeks is funny as a funny beast because every time I, I we get to Nerd Keeks, I, I want to do a different Nerd Keeks. Uh, but again, you should be impressed. You know, be impressed by the work we're doing in the self-discipline we have. We're talking about the Nerd Keeks I want to talk about. We're talking Ghost of Tsushima. Just released PS4 two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Something like um, Basically, premise of it is you are a samurai. Very similar to Assassin's Creed. Uh, the, the the story is your the Tsushima is a is an island off the coast of Japan. Um, it is part of Japan. Um, they were invaded by the Mongols. This is a true story. Um, obviously liberties are taken but basically you you play the the last ish one of the last surviving samurai on this island and you have to repel this this you have to liberate the island from mongol control um it's got some awesome storylines there's this whole the premise is like you've been trained uh to follow the kind of the samurai code of of ethics of honor um the bushido and you realize that you can't use those tactics against such an overwhelming force that doesn't respect them. And so your character kind of has to struggle with being raised under this, this system and this code and breaking that in different ways. Whether it's, you know, sneaking around or, you know, assassinating people or, you know, fighting in what would be deemed a cowardly way. So pretty interesting. Um, and I played this game all the way through. I wanted to beat the game before I, I wrote about it. Uh, beyond my first impressions or 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 came up with what I wanted to say, but I kind of knew. I think I played it for probably 30 or 40 hours um, because I tried to be very thorough with it. I think you could probably play through it in 20 hours if you really just only focused on main missions. Um, I, I really, really, really liked this game. It was really good. If you're if you're debate, if you got a PS4 again, we're, we're kind of, we, we started Nerd Kigs as a way to branch out to our, our quarantine friends who who would just purchase consoles and maybe don't know, you know, as much about video games. If you know about video games, if you don't know about video games, this game is fun. Um, if you like Assassin's Creed, you'll like this game. If you like, uh, if you like any type of samurai, anything, you'll like this game. Like, they nailed the, they nailed it. It's clear they, they, I'm sure that they got some things wrong. I'm a white guy commenting on Japanese culture. It seems like they did some research, and it seems like they got it right. I'm sure they missed. I'm sure they messed up. Like I'm sure they did. But they. It's clear they watched like cinema. You know, they watched Kurosawa. They watched the. Um, they watched Last Samurai. Like they watched these cool movies that if you like samurais, you think of when you think of samurai cinema. And they they just nailed like the notes that it hits, and they put it into the game. They did a really good job with it. I feel like. Well, I'm in, I'm very interested in the game, so this is this is big for me. I feel like you had a did you have like a big takeaway or something or like yeah, a, my big like takeaway a... is is a big one, and it's that um, so the Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creeds, the Assassin's Creed games have been around forever. I mean, since we were in college, high school, maybe. Oh yeah, before college, I think. Yeah, and so they've been out forever, and they've done a good job, and they've they've changed that game drastically through the years, right? Like. Um, not to go through a whole timeline of Assassin's Creed, but like Assassin's Creed started, it was taking place in the Middle East, kind of crusades, and it, its combat system was 
Well, the big thing about Assassin's Creed was the, was the climbing mechanics, right? And the stealth mechanics. You could hide in crowds. You could climb up any building in the game. Um, and the fights were supposed to be super cinematic. And so Assassin's Creed used a counter-based system that basically... the only You only really had two buttons. You had attack and you had, uh, like... I don't even know if it was block. It might have just been counter. Um, and so what you would do is people would attack you you would hit the counter button you would and then you'd hit the attack button and so that basically it, and then you'd have a very cinematic death um that was kind of the big thing about the game is every every time you killed an enemy it was a cinematic thing of like pre-animated seemed very fluid kind of one of the first games to do that which is pretty cool um and so it, it, it resulted in you having these pretty cool fights where you'd end up killing these guys where that fell short obviously was when you get to the end of the game you're so used to these, you know, kill animations, it doesn't seem as original anymore, and at the end of the day, you're only pressing two buttons. You're pressing counter, you're, and then you're pressing attack. And that kind of gets old after a while, and I think they... I think Assassin's Creed on its own has had some identity crises over the years of, like, what kind of game do we want to be? It, it had a lot of different cool pieces of, like, it wants to teach you history. It really wants to throw you into, like, a historical moment and be completely accurate down to every level, down to, like, how the cities are planned, what characters are you interacting with. Like, Assassin's Creed 2, you you were friends with Leonardo da Vinci, um, and so on. And there's this, and then there's an outside storyline, like, if you haven't played the first Assassin's Creed, you're an idiot. Um, there's basically, like, this whole... There's a time travel aspect to it of... That was always the your, part that got sort of confused me. And it's so confusing. It's 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 the the waters are just so muddied in terms of what's going on in that realm. Like yeah. they they followed one guy up through I think Assassin's Creed like Black Flag and then they switched. Now it's a new person. Um of this kind of eternity like this fight between the, the Templars and the Assassins order that have been going on since the beginning of time. Um, and I think that's kind of their way of like, well, we can throw this in any time period and make this work. They recently changed the combat system to like, they wanted to make it much more of a role-playing game, make it an RPG. So they wanted you to be able to like build your assassin in different ways. Like they wanted you to be able to use different weapons and, and build different loadouts and make it much more like a classic, like RPG-esque game, like almost like the Witcher or something like that, where you're like, oh, you could use a spear or a sword. Whereas like in the old games, you couldn't change your weapons. Like you could change your sword kind of. Um, and they've kind of been moving towards that. But now it's it's like the combat is, you know, the last two have been Origins, which was in Egypt, and then Odyssey, which was in Greece. And it just was, you know, I it, they're just boring. They're just boring games. Um and I, I, I don't think they were always boring. Like, I think I did enjoy both of them to start, but it just kind of feels so surfacey. Like, it just feels superficial. And the combat is not that engaging. Like, again, it's fine, but there are other games that do it better. And the the climbing mechanics are, are good still, but, like, in the, in the Greek one, I'd climb up something, and then I wouldn't have anywhere to... Like, I couldn't jump from that building onto another one. And maybe that's because of the way that Greece, you know, like, architecturally was designed. I don't know. I don't know anything about Greece. So maybe they were being accurate, but it took away from that. So my big takeaway, all this talk about Assassin's Creed, is, like, there's been all this clamoring for an Assassin's Creed that takes place in feudal Japan, for its samurai, forever. I mean, since they said they were going to do it in a different time period, people went saying, Japan, 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 obviously, right? Um, 
I'm so glad. I wrote this in the blog. I'm so glad that they didn't because this game probably wouldn't exist if not. Like Sucker Punch Studios, studio that, that has only made one other game, Infamous Second Son, which is pretty well-reviewed. Um, they did such a better job than Ubisoft, the, the, the company that makes Assassin's Creed, would have done. Like, they just... They nailed it. And so my big takeaway, my, my long rant right now, is like, Assassin's Creed, if they know what's good for them, I don't know when we're going to another. We're gonna get another Sucker Punch game. I don't, and it might be completely different. Um, Ubisoft, I assume, is going to continue to make Assassin's Creed. And if they want Assassin's Creed to survive or do better, like, they need to play this game and, like, they need to look very carefully at this game and and ask themselves, like, what is this game doing that we're not doing? Why are we not doing it? And then, like, I really ask themselves, like, why are we not doing it? Like, <laughs> are we sure we don't want to do this? Because it's just so much better. It was so much better. And it was, like, the combat's incredible. It's a mix of, RP like, you're pressing more buttons and you can control attacks and it's RPG-esque. You can choose how you play. But the deaths are still super cinematic and they're super tied to, like, I'm watching a samurai movie. Like, I don't feel like I'm just watching someone sword fighting. I feel like I'm watching a samurai fighting. That's Whereas, sweet. like, if I play Assassin's Creed in Greece, it's like, I don't feel like I'm fighting in any Greek way or I'm tied to Greece in any way. And they just hid, they, they, the, the way the game was built. I mean, I could, you should read the blog. If, they, if I have piqued your interest with this on a, in Ghost of Tsushima and you don't know if you want it yet, rather than talk for 20 more minutes about, like, every mechanic in the game, <coughs> voice crack, every mechanic in the game, you should go... Just check out my blog. I've written two. I wrote a first impressions blog, so if you just want a little bit of info, check out that one. If you want my deep dive on the game and, like, I basically go into atmosphere of the game, story, and combat slash mechanics, then you should read the one I just put out, which is, you know, Ghost of Tsushima has raised the bar for open world games. I really do feel that way. Open world's incredible. I, I felt so much more, like, in the time period than I did in any Assassin's Creed game. Like, Assassin's Creed, I feel like, makes you feel like they want you to know that they researched it. Right. Like, and, and when it comes down, and, and I don't, Ghost of Tsushima didn't do that. It doesn't mean they didn't research it. I, I think they did. But it just comes down to, like, like I just thought, I just think about Assassin's Creed, the Greek one. And it's like, I don't need to be best friends with Play-Doh to feel like I'm in Greece. It's like try-hardy a little bit. They're like, oh, we get yeah. to find, like, the most, like, emblematic symbol of this era. And, like, there has to be a part of it. Or people yeah. get it. Yeah, like they're like they're so there's admission in Assassin's Creed, right? And it's like you go to this dinner party and it's got Alcibiades, it's got Plato, it's got Aristotle, it's got all these guys who were who were the the premise of this book. It was this exploration on these five philosophers. I think it was supposed to have taken place like as a conversation between them on the exploration of like love, like what each philosopher's idea of love was, and like that was my major. So when I was at that party. Was I like, oh, that's cool, sure. Like, I'm at this point where this conversation was supposed to take place. Yeah, Did I carry cool. it all beyond that? Not at all. Right. Like, congrats, bro. You read the same book as me. You know? Like, yeah. And, and I just, and so, like, like I could be best friends with Plato, or I could be in a world that's super well fleshed out with, um, you know, like, historic, like, I don't know. I learned a lot of historical things from reading, like, from playing Ghost of Shit. Again. I'm not really commenting on the culture aspect of it because I can't, but like there's a whole artifact system. I would find an artifact in a camp. I'd hold start. It would pull up this artifact. I'd learn something about Mongol, like the Mongols. Oh, they kept their, their, they drank fermented milk. I didn't know that. That's crazy. 
They'd light people on fire with it. Nuts. Yeah. I totally get what you're saying. That there there is like a there is a distinct line of like also we don't play these games to learn. So not to say that learning is something I'm like I see it and like I don't want to learn in this video game, but like yeah, there's definitely something that feels like I haven't played the game, but I know what you're talking about with Assassin's Creed, which I've played a tiny little bit. Of what it feels like. Oh, you're trying to like make this too much of a like. Oh man, I'm at this part. Like I'm at Plato. Like that's just kind of right, like I'm, I'm trying to think of another Battle of Bunker Hill. Right, right. And just like yeah. cool. Like I get that. I don't. I don't exactly want my games to make me feel like I'm changing the course of history because then it gets too confusing. Like I'd rather have it mm-hmm. be like, oh, you're, you know, yeah. have it be semi-historical versus then like, oh, this has to follow this like very well-trodden history right that feels well, constricting it definitely does and i think when it comes down to like when you're when you're building the atmosphere for a game because that's ultimately what we're talking about is like i think it really does depend on two things or like i think atmosphere and story go very hand in hand when you're building a world right like how does the world feel and why are you there and i feel like assassin's creed only folk and they're both equally important right like i'm not gonna feel like i care about the story if i don't feel like i belong in the world like if i'm not interested in the world around me then i don't give a shit about what's happening yeah but also i can be bought into the world like so i'm in the world and it's cool why do i why do i want to be here and then that's where the story comes in i feel like assassin's creed focuses so i get so heady over the story and like again i don't want to take away from them. they do some incredible city planning stuff with building these levels like it's really cool but, like, when it comes down to it, they're, like, Ghost of Tsushima, like, the world was just, it's the best open world I've played in. Like, it's just incredible. You know, and it's, like, uh, it feels like I'm in a invaded, like, I'm in a war-torn, this, their idea of war-torn Tsushima. Like, that's where I am. And the story is contained, and instead of having, like, a million different, like, that's the problem with Odyssey, is it's a whole, it's fucking the entirety of Greece. And there's uh, 600 side missions you can do or whatever. And, like, I don't care. I yeah. don't care. Like, maybe I would have cared when I was, like, 15 and, like, still figuring out how to jerk off. Like, maybe. But I'm 28 and still trying to figure out how to jerk off, but I just don't, like, care enough. But you know what you want out of a video game. (laughs) Like, I have come that far. And I just, like, Ghost of Tsushima has a main mission. It has story missions that, it has side missions that are completely side missions. And then there are side missions that have, that, like, I think are with like six side characters tops it's a super controlled game and those missions you do to like supplement the main missions like you have to you have to get these people on your side so you help them with their own personal quests and like that's just the way to do it you know like so then i get to the end of the game there are four people i care about in the game and it's paced well so when something sad happens i'm sad when something cool happens i still think it's cool like it said a lot to me that i was 25 hours in and like something happened and I was like, oh shit, that's awesome. And that was yeah. awesome. And it's paced super well. Again, I don't want to go into all the details and mechanics and stuff because I think that's, for those of you who don't give a shit about video games, it's probably the most boring segment you've ever heard in your life. But it's it's paced really well. They do like some really cool things with how you, like most most video games, I'll just say this, most video games, like you get to the final mission as you get your final upgrade. <clears throat> right like yeah. god of war you know like for the story mission for the most part you get your final upgrade right around you the last 
eighth of the game or so. Ghost of Tsushima, you probably get your last upgrade two-thirds of the way through. That's cool. And you get most of your upgrades half of the way through. And so you and you so you you play into the story, like how you upgrade yourself plays into the story of you start in the first, you know, area and you're this samurai, and so you have your samurai skills, and then you upgrade and you can only upgrade your samurai like you've got samurai points, but you can upgrade that as much as you want, and then you've got your ghost points, your ninja esque points. And so as you start to inevitably have to upgrade those, you become better at those aspects of the game. And so then the game difficulty increases as you get to the next area. And so maybe while you could just walk into a place and, and do your samurai stuff before, now you find yourself like actually relying on these like skills that your character learns that you learn through upgrades of like stealth, you know, being stealthy, throwing smoke bombs, like assassinating more than one person at once. And so you're you have to rely on those. It's just su- it was a super yeah. interesting organic way of of breaking that stuff down. So you sold cool. me on on I thought a very very smart way to think about it is like you know who am I and why am I there or where am I yeah. and how am I there like that is exactly what I liked about God of War mm-hmm. it was like I thought they did a really really awesome job of the combination of world building and also like personal story so you're like oh like well I think they were doing because they thought the haters would be like he's not in, you know in Sparta anymore but. <clears throat> For me, I was like, oh, this is awesome. You've, like, built this world to the right mo- amount where, like, I get what's going on. And the details are right, but then there's also, like, a personal, you know, there's there's a, a driven storyline that's helping, you know, explain the content of here. And then the mechanics and stuff, you know, I'm going to like or I'm not going to like. But that that's so right. Me. Right. No, and I and that's, I mean, and it's not a perfect game. Like, there for sure are some things that they could have done better. There's some things that are weird, like... The mechanics are a little funky, and that's and it's just another Assassin's Creed moment where it's like the climbing mechanics are better in Assassin's Creed than Ghost of Tsushima, like no question about it. Yeah. There's this whole thing where you cut, you get to an edge in Tsushima, and like your person like has to stop before they jump down, and like I would have just loved for them to have just been able to step down. Like it seems like it should have been easy, but again, it's like the mechanics for climbing are way worse. Yet, like again, in Assassin's Creed, I can smoothly scale up like the Parthenon but then where do I go from the Parthenon why am I doing whereas this? like yeah. in Ghost of Tsushima like the towns and shit are built in a way where I can get on a roof and I can fully go through this entire area without touching the ground sweet so it's maybe not as refined it's way more interesting like it's way more interesting to play so I don't know. I highly recommend it. It's it's one of my favorite games on PS4. And like you said, it like 28. I'm past, unfortunately, past the point where I can just play video games to just fuck around, you know. Like, or I have video games where I can just play to fuck around, but those are probably multiplayer games. Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna pour in 30 hours of single player game that's that doesn't hook me. You wouldn't watch um, a TV show that you hate for that long, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Right. So. There's too many Ghost good options. Tsushima, it's got my stamp of approval. Um, if you got questions about it, hit up, hit us up. We'll hit it on next week's Nerd Keegs. I've lost my voice. Episode 75. Here's the podcast. You're happy now. Thanks for tuning in. This was supposed to be a shorter episode. This was uh, our plan just to fill you in before before we sign off. We're do, we got a pod this week. We're doing a pod uh, next week. It'll come out Monday or Tuesday. We're taking a week off after that because I'm moving. And we'll be right back. So now you know. And you not only should you you thank us for this episode and next episode you should also thanks for letting you know that we're this is the first time we ever t- let you know more than a millisecond ahead of time that we're taking a, a week off true or six months off so you're welcome 
Nick. You used eight podcasts. Are you happy now? Episode 75. Are you happy now? No. Are you happy now? No. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.